Hello and welcome to Glossy Trend Watch. I'm Jill Manoff, Editor-in-Chief at Glossy. This month, we've been bringing you bonus episodes of the Glossy Podcast, where we've taken a deep dive into the changing role of buyers in the fashion industry. For today's episode, I sit down with Alexandra Willinger, Buying Manager of Designer Secondary, Sportswear, Denim, and Outerwear at Intermix. We invited Alex to discuss the evolution of the buying process, as well as the importance of co-branded designer collaborations and the balance of the online-offline assortment. Episode 4 of the Glossy Trend Watch Buyer Edition starts now. Hi. Hi, welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Happy to be here. <laughs> Let's just jump in. I want to hear all about your background and how you came to oversee. Gosh, we've got a long list here. <laughs> Designer secondary sportswear, denim and outerwear at Intermix. First of all, that's correct. What the heck is designer secondary? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question. It is the um it's advanced contemporary. It is sort of the highest price point within the contemporary and advanced contemporary world. So that would be designers such as Veronica Beard, Jonathan Simkai, who else is in there? Philip Lim, Alexander Wang. Um, so it. we have primary designer within Intermix, which is true runway designer. So Balmain designers like that, but this is more of your secondary designer. Um, emerging brands fit in there as well. Got it. So you've got a lot on your plate. Yes. <laughs> it's <laughs> busy, sure. but it's fun. Well, that is definitely fun. Tell me about, yeah, again, how you got here. What's your background? So I started out actually in publishing. I worked at Lucky Magazine for four years um, where I was the associate editor. Great. Um, so I worked with the creative director. I did some market trends. I worked within um, stores as Lucky was like the first shopping magazine. So it was kind of my first foray into fashion. Um, and then I really wanted to get more into the business side of things. So I actually started my buying career at Intermix. Um, I started as an assistant buyer in 2009. I was there for four years. And then I went to Bergdorf's um, for an additional four years, where I was the fifth floor advanced contemporary buyer. And then about almost two years ago now, I came back to Intermix when this opportunity as a buying manager came. Amazing. Mm -hmm. So how do you feel like that editorial background maybe prepped you for your job today? Um, well, it was very helpful in terms of a you know trend forecasting role, um, having that first touch point to the runway, to the showrooms, to the fashion there. I think it gave me a great perspective. And Lucky Magazine in particular gave me a great perspective um, because there were people shopping from our edit in the magazine and it really brought um, the reader uh, it was that like direct touch point with her as well. So it was a nice place to start and get that background. Definitely. I mean, having been at Intermix and now you're now you're back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> gosh, I'm sure you've seen the transition and kind of the role of the buyer and how, gosh, how can you compare kind of the time before? I know your position has changed, mm -hmm. but was it a different world when you were there five, six, however many years ago? Definitely. Um, 
I think obviously the biggest change is the growth of our online platform and um, e-commerce in general. When I was there, I think we had around 20 stores and now we have 34 stores as well as the e-commerce site. Um, So that in and of itself, managing that balance between stores and the website is the biggest change. Um, That being said, a lot of the incredible work the buying teams do and the collaboration we do cross-functionally has remained there, which is what I love about Intermix and what I think we do a great job of. Um, The edit is still there. Um, Figuring out what the um, best product for the customer is still there, even though we have all these other data points and stores and things to look to and reference um, that is kind of like the heart and soul of what Intermix does. Definitely. What was the state of the website back in, like, is the website new and it wasn't around then? Um, And are you really driving traffic there? Yes, um, it is definitely cross-shopped by our most loyal customers all the time. We definitely see that. Uh, When I was there, it was it was the beginning of it all. So it was just thought of as another store, to be honest. You yeah. know, we bought for our Madison Avenue store the same way we bought for our website. It was a lot of testing and trying and exciting things going on now. And now it is a beast. And it's a <laughs> incredible beast that um, we put a lot of effort to. And um, our customer is shopping, as I said, both channels, um, and we do a lot of work to make sure that the story that we've always told so well in stores is now told online, capturing that same edit and that same customer that comes to us. So are the stores, the inventory in stores, how localized is that? Is it really, um, is it, does it mirror what's online or to what extent? Um, that's a good question. Uh, our stores is, um, I would say a touch more of a focused point of view, um, just because we do have the, we have more space online to have the product. Um, But it is all under the umbrella of our point of view and our styling and our edit. Um, We definitely tell our customer what you know, from all the data we have, but also from the feedback we get from the stores, we have all those touch points and we make sure that we're, no matter what, catering the buy towards her. Um, So we might have a little bit more of an expanded breath on web, um, but for the most part, it is honed in on what she wants from us. Got it. I was on your website just before this, um, and I noticed that you have that category. It's called out in the in the main menu exclusives. Mm-hmm. How much traction does that get? Is that is that kind of emerging, growing? Is that becoming a bigger part of your job? It is um, a big part of the work we do at Intermix. It is um, approximately thirty percent. Um, oh, wow! And it is extremely successful. It always has been. It is something that we um, work very hard to do um, for our customers. Uh, We work with our vendors um, to create, whether it's one style um, that we can truly bring to all stores because it's either a void in the market or a void in the collection or a void in um, the 
the natural cadence of how the brand is delivering its product to a broader capsule that we do with quite a few brands to offer again, what our customer is voting for and what she comes to us for. So for example, we just did a jumpsuit capsule because we noticed that our girl um, has always come to us for parties. (laughs) She's fabulous. So we worked with our brands to offer her a uh, curated capsule of jumpsuits um, for for parties, for every day, et cetera. Um, and it was hugely successful. Um, we, you know, we didn't see it in the market and we felt like it was something we could expand on. And she really responded to that in stores and online. Very cool. To what extent is that a, um, exclusive offering? Is that really a collaborative process? How Are designers more willing to do that because they want to be working with you? Are you, what's the back and forth? Um, it is it is very collaborative. It's something we um, we are kind of known for. Um, you know, Intermix has a special place in the market where we um, are able to create these styles um, and buy a lot more depth um, in them, so that we can bring them to all stores. And you know, we. We typically, as I said before, we don't buy a lot of breath. We buy a lot more depth because mm-hmm. we truly are offering to our customers what we believe is the best of the best. And if we see a trend in the marketplace that um, is within, you know, within the runways, but we're not necessarily seeing it with some of our more contemporary brands, we can truly work with them to create that colorway that we're seeing that we didn't necessarily see in the collection. I mean, that's the most simplest form of it. Um, but then, you know, we we also create custom silhouettes or we update a best-selling silhouette in the color of the season to make sure that we can offer it to all our customers. Um, and we also offer it potentially at a different time to make sure that we're always registering newness because our customer is extremely loyal and she comes to us quite frequently. She's coming to our website a couple times a week. She's coming to our store. She's in touch with our stylist all the time. She wants what's fresh and what's new. So in an effort to make sure that we have that across the board, we um, we incorporate these exclusives. Talk about your place in the market. Uh, who do you consider your competitors? Is everyone a competitor? Yes, <laughs> definitely. Um, I think, you know, obviously with the internet now and with, I mean, brands themselves that are out there and everywhere now with social media, um, I, the, the, com- the competition is, is, is out there. Um, but I do believe that what we do is, um, is unique and special. I mean, I really do feel like... Um, what our customer wants is to kind of like cut through the noise. You know, she doesn't want to, whether it's sift through racks um, or, you know, just one brand or, you know, 25 pages of dresses. No, we're, we are offering her, we're, we're cutting through that noise and offering her our edit of the best of the best. Um, for us, less is more. And she kind of wants to come in and be told what that must have is, whether that's on a hot table in our store, whether that's through a stylist or whether that's through our edit online, we um, that's where we win and that is wh- where we are unique in the marketplace. Got it. I was going to ask you how you describe Intermix's assortment, but the way that you described it, I would think I want to ask you instead, like, who is your girl? Um, she is, as I said before, she's definitely fabulous. Yeah. She's going places. Um, she 
is very social. She, um, you know, she ranges in terms of age from 18 all the way up to, I want to say, I think the average age is like 45, 50. Um, so we, we do get a lot of mothers and daughters that come to us. Um, we are in a lot of uh, localized neighborhoods. Um, so again, speaking to that more like loyal customer and that more localized customer as well. Um, but we we service her for everything. I mean, but definitely event driven. I think that's, you know, in terms of her coming into the store, she, she knows she needs something for that weekend or even that night if she's going on a date with her husband. So we definitely... Um, lean into that as well in terms of making sure that we're servicing her for all her fabulous events too. Got it. That's why I go to Intermix. Yeah. <laughs> I need something, something great. It's such a quick, quick shot. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. Where are you finding inspiration these days? Is it, has it, has that changed? Is it more so scrolling your Instagram or wh- what are you finding? Yeah, I think there's just more places to find inspiration these days, um, which which is great. Um, we are all for sure on Instagram. We are traveling more places than we ever have. Um, so my sportswear buyer now goes to Copenhagen twice a year and going to showrooms there, but just the street style there and the influencers there, there's so many more places to, to get that inspiration now. Um, definitely on social media through Instagram and, you know, more classic places. We're still seeing it on the runway and we still see it within um, more classic models. But now, you know, the world is becoming that much smaller. So we're seeing it all over the world as well. Yes. How important would you say is Fashion Week, the fashion months, the markets during the week? Um, Are you frequenting going there as much? Um, Yes, we are. Um, And it's definitely still quite important. I think that it's just now these additional layers just are like another place for us to look. But it's for sure something that we continue to attend. Um, We are also excited by some of the new ways that people, uh, some of the brands are showing their collections um, a little bit more experiential, you know, a lot more presentations, um, which it all is it's all still very important. I'd say, you know, the only thing that's different with us is kind of what I mentioned before is that in terms of that classic fashion calendar and like their classic delivery cadence, what's great about what we do is we can kind of, we, we're not always dictated by that because of the, our exclusive capabilities. Um, so we are, you know, a very by now, we're now focused company. Um, our customer definitely buys for something that she needs literally that night or that weekend. So we make sure to, um, we're not dictated by the calendar necessarily because we can bring in product when we need it, which Got is it. great. Yeah. Are you looking at data a lot? What are you looking at and how? to what extent is that fueling your buys? Mm-hmm. You know, we are always looking at data from the classic way we always have looked at data every single day, every single Monday, seeing what sold the week prior. Um, We are, of course, now looking at a lot more data than we ever have before from um, what our customer is searching for online, where she's uh, navigating the website, what she's landing on. Um, And then 
in addition to the feedback that we get from the stores, which is really invaluable to us, uh, we get weekly feedback from each and every store on Sundays and um, the, the buying team. We all love it. We all dig through that as well because in, there's nothing like like direct feedback from our store telling us exactly why a customer did or didn't like something. Um versus maybe something you're seeing from a return online where it's, you know, too big, too small, a little bit more basic in terms of that data. So it's more data, um, but it's always going to be a blend of data as well as what we feel is going to sell and what our customer is going to respond to. Got it. Who would you say are your biggest collaborators within Intermix outside of your, you know, fellow fellow buyers? Um, Are you working with editorial? Are you working with you know, looking at the, the with data data folks. Um, so what I love about Intermix is that it truly is a collaboration from start to finish. Um, it always has been and it continues to be now definitely with some more teams and some more players. Um, we we do, you know, we have that classic buying process, but what we also add in is, for example, a style out, um, which is definitely atypical. And we meet with um, people from stores. We meet with our visual team during that style out. And it is kind of a pause in the buying process where we speak to what our biggest investments will be. And we kind of rank them and kind of talk to how we think they'll fit in the stores and how they'll pair back to one another um, because that's what's so important. There's actually quite a few buyers, but a lot of feedback we get is that it feels like there's one buyer because it's all so well merchandised in the store and you have your Eero leather jacket back to your redone t-shirt with a pair of denim behind it. And you know that the customer that walks in that maybe is not working with a stylist can be like, there we go, there's my outfit. And it all works together. Um, So that part of the process is invaluable for us. And then based on that, we work directly with the marketing team to tell our stories and to collaborate with them. Um, And and it kind of continues along the process until you see it in stores and online. When does the word gap ever pop up? Like, are you working? (laughs) (laughs) Are you working directly with any of those teams? You know, I'd say generally, no, (laughs) they are great in terms of some of the, you know, back of the house, logistical, um, things like that. But generally, they let us do our own thing, which is great. Definitely. Yeah. Gosh. So right before you came to Intermix this time, you were doing some consulting. Is that correct? I was, briefly. Yes. Yes. So is this a common thing for brands, maybe that they don't always have, I'm sorry, they don't always have their buyer in-house? Or who were you working with? So prior to, um, so after Bergdorf, I had my second child. And so I did consult for a little. I actually consulted for um, Jet Black for a little bit. I know you just had Jenny Fleiss in here. Um, And so that was great. And then I consulted with um, Denise Madgett as well, who was the chief merchant prior to our current chief merchant at Intermix and now she is at Bloomingdale's and we were working with um, smaller brands as well so yeah that was a nice time yeah definitely so what's the kind of the biggest transition to go from (laughs) consulting to manning a team how many people are on your team I have about 10 people on my team two buyers in their team so um, it has 
It has been great. Who do you look for like on your team? What's a great background? Is anyone else on your team have that? Do they have an editorial background? Or is everyone a strictly, they're a buyer? <laughs> no, I definitely uh, look for someone a little bit more varied. Um, I think for us at Intermix in particular, um, we we love that passion for product and having their pulse on what's next and what's coming. It's it's very important on our buying team that that is what they are focused on. I think, you know, we have such a great support system in terms of our planning counterparts who are very financially uh, robust and we work we work, you know, they are right hand counterparts. We work so well with them. So it is that nice balance of being able to to have that passion for fashion within the buying team and working with the editorial team and working, you know, with that edit and really being able to kind of focus on the product so that we can work with our planning team to make sure that that balance between the numbers happen too. Definitely. What is your customer outside of freshness, newness? What else is your customer demanding now? Freshness, newness, she definitely appreciates the styling that we offer her. Um, That's something that historically we have always offered her in stores with our stylists um, and capturing those must-have items of the season. Um, And now we are telling her how to style pieces online. Um, She wants, you know, an easy, fun shopping experience. She she doesn't want to be overwhelmed with options. Um, she wants to be told what to buy and how to wear it. Um, and she really she really vocalizes that to us in many different areas, um, from direct feedback to the data we see, too. Yeah. What data are you seeing in terms of if you put together a complete outfit versus just showing a complete or showing one product? Um, she, you know, we have our styling suggestions. Uh, we have our emails which go out um, quite frequently and there's a lot of styling that goes on in our emails too and that is where we get a lot of traction a lot of positive response Um, so that is where we are um, we are seeing her go and where she's telling us she wants to go and you know we you know there's a lot of storytelling that goes on there as well so within our emails and online we are um, telling her what to wear when she does go to Capri or the Hamptons, and she's really <laughs> responding to that, too. I mean, I think that, obviously, everything now is more experiential, and they want that experience within um, their life and within the product that they're buying, too. So we kind of we put that together for her in an easy, understandable way. Yeah, so outside of using Instagram for inspiration, do you shop with Instagram in mind in terms of, you know, this this is bright, this is colorful. Is your customer also demanding those kind of statement items? Um, she is more so online. Yeah. Um, she is. I think that, that being said, it's still a balance. Um, we have a great Veronica Beard blazer business, for example, and um, that is, you know, it's, it's, it, it's balancing the brighter items, especially, you know, in store with some of the more neutral pieces as well. Um, but for sure, the the more exciting, the most forward, the um, that pop of color, she that's kind of where her eyes will go online first. Um, but then she also will balance that um, within some of the more core pieces, too. 
Got it. What's exciting you in terms of kind of emerging trends? Um, some of the other buyers we've talked to in the last couple of weeks have talked about streetwear and how that's impacted their their business, their their um, selection. What what are, what's impacting Intermix, or what are you really kind of gravitating toward? Interestingly enough, um, streetwear is not is not necessarily the direction we're going to. Our girl is a little bit. Uh, fancier than that for lack yeah. of a better word and you know that's okay I think that what it where we do so well is like when we really hone in on our point of view and offer her what she really really wants um I think where I've where I'm seeing some of the trends is within some of the successful brands that we're growing and launching so for example Nanushka which is a bit more um is a bit more neutral, a little bit more minimal, but still very feminine, but maybe not as girly as she's been in the past. Um, I'm definitely seeing that across the board. Um, and they are a great example of that. Um, she, she'll she always love prints, but she is going a little bit more towards, um, more towards some more neutrals. Um, we have some great fall trends coming up that speak to kind of these new neutrals, etc. Um, so she, it's just slightly more maybe minimal than she has been in the past, but still super feminine. Got it. And where do you, th- where do you see that going? Is um, more sustainable lines? Is that becoming more of a thing? We're talking about a lot of the luxury, um, luxury online retailers, there's pure luxury are launching these sustainable categories. Sure. sure. Um, you know, we, I'd say, are starting to explore it. We are asking and having that conversations with all our brands. Um, you know, nothing quote unquote official yet, but we do love what Nanushka is doing. We love their vegan leather. Um, and it looks great and it feels great. And so we're super proud to carry that and be able to speak to that um so we are for sure starting to explore we um you know you'll see within fall a lot of faux fur brands that we have picked up as well um so starting to explore starting to dabble into like what that could look like for us got it i feel like your your differentiator is we're not streetwear. Yeah. <laughs> You're the only one that's <laughs> said that in a very long time. Yeah. So sneakers, are they in the mix? Sneakers are for sure in the mix. I think, you know, I she's she's a little bit more, a term we use in the office is a little bit more like elevated casual. Um, you know, she's still wearing her, um, like a beautiful cashmere sweater during the day back to jeans. Um, we versus a sweatshirt, for example. Um, but she loves her sneakers. Um, it's just maybe a little bit more elevated than quote-unquote streetwear. Got it. What's going on at Jonathan's? Okay, that's coming up. Um, so it was. it's something that we had uh, previously done, but it kind of follows up along the lines with sort of the collaborations that we've done with our brands. And Jonathan Simkai is a brand that um, years ago we... He, we were one of the first partners with him to launch. So we have a very long and special relationship with him. Um, and last holiday time period, kind of developing um, and expanding more into this exclusive capsule idea. Jonathan Simkai is someone that we go to for um, party dresses and uh, date night tops. And our customer 
loves him. And so he decided to collaborate with our team on an exclusive launch of indoor outdoor lingerie uh, with the term uh, called night night. Um, And we noticed he had previously launched, for example, a bodysuit that our girl was pairing back to a blazer and jeans. So he created this uh, exclusive collection of lingerie inspired pieces. and it just speaks to how well all the teams collaborated. Um, it culminated with a beautiful dinner and party out in Los Angeles that our marketing team worked with their team very hard on. Um, it was extremely successful. And it just it made sense for us to do something like that. Again, bringing it in at a time when maybe we didn't have um, you know, as many deliveries. And it really spoke to what our girl was voting for and that relationship that we have with the brand, it all came together so beautifully. Yes. Um, how important is it for influencers to really maybe get behind the designers that you're that you're selling or the trends that you're you're hyping for this season? Um, are you really utilizing them to kind of tell your story for this season? We definitely are. I'd say it's, you know, you can't deny how important influencers are. I think that we are honing in on who the perfect influencer is and who um, who's really aligned with our point of view has been super important. So for sure, in terms of social and Instagram and telling our story, she is and they are very important to us. But I think it's always going to be balanced with the customer and what she's really voting for. Um, and that is our first and foremost priority. Um, And then kind of when we tell that story, we definitely use the influencers to help us tell it. Um, But our first data point and our first line of feedback comes directly either from the stores or from the um, data we see from our customers online. In terms of um, inventory in the span, as far as price point, as far as size range, is there something new that you've tackled or that maybe like it's fresh, it's new, you're kind of feeling... Testing the waters. There has been a, you know, this new wave of entry price point. Contemporary brands, slightly lower than actually we, I'd say in the last year, than than we had seen in the past. What we defined as as classic contemporary has definitely shifted a little bit. A lot of that is coming out of Copenhagen with um, with Ghani as being one of oh, yeah. our pillar, um, our pillar brand. You know our pillar brands within the whole contemporary, contemporary and Copenhagen world, and it is definitely a huge, um, a huge brand for us now, which we're really excited about. And the customer responding to this price point because the aesthetic feels elevated still, um, but it's still fun and it's still playful. Um, you know, they they are definitely one of the first to shake up that piece of the industry. Uh, I compare it to, you know, the way almost like when I had originally launched like Mansur Gabriel at Bergdorf Goodman, they were kind of the first people to bring uh, this beautiful fabric, Italian fabric from Italy and create these incredible handbags with an, a designer aesthetic at a great price point, kind of disrupting that for a little while. And now I'm starting to see that within the contemporary landscape. And there's quite a few. I mean, for us, Ghani is definitely the biggest one. And we're super proud of that. Uh, but starting to see that within another, uh, quite a few other brands as well. 
I'm a Ghani girl. <laughs> I get <laughs> you. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for being here, Alex. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. Of course. That's all for this glossy Trendwatch series. We'll be back soon with another series deep diving into a glossy hot topic. Special thanks to Gianna Cappadona, the producer of this podcast. Please head to the review section on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast and give us a rating. Tell us what you think. It helps our podcast be discovered by new listeners. Thanks for listening.